Ezra chapter 3. We're also going to be in Acts 10, if you want to mark that down as well. More than welcome to do so. Amen. Ezra chapter 3. Again, we just want to make real quick a short announcement. Don't forget youth conferences Friday and Saturday. Um, You want to come and be a part of that. Um, Brother J.T. Harmon from Raven, Virginia is going to be with us. We've been announcing that for quite some time now. And he is, uh, me and Pastor talked with him yesterday. And he is just looking forward to ministering and being here, him and his family are ready to minister to our church family and uh, just be in prayer for that and come and be a part of that. And again, that's for everybody. Um, He's going to be geared ministering-wise toward the young people, but we need the elders to come and work in these altars. And all the grade schoolers, all all of them, welcome to come and be a part, Um, all the young adults and teens as well. So just, just a quick reminder, if you would stand for the reading of God's Word. Made a little announcement there to give you a little break before you stood back up. Ezra chapter 3, we're going to begin reading in verse number 11 towards the end of this chapter. And just for context sake, what's going on is that they are dedicating the foundation of the second temple. Not Solomon's temple, not the first temple, the second temple. Verse 11 says, And they sang together, turn to your neighbor and say, Together, by course, in praising and giving thanks unto the Lord, because he is good and his mercy endureth forever towards Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout. Say, all the people. Okay, all the people shouted with a great shout. And when they praised the Lord, and they praised the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. But many of the priests and the Levites and the chief of the father of the fathers who were ancient men, or that word just means old men or elderly men, that had seen the first house or the first temple, Solomon's temple, when the foundation of the house was laid before their eyes. They wept with a loud voice, and many shouted aloud for joy. And catch this, so that the people could not discern the noise of the shout of joy from the noise of weeping of the weeping of the people. For the people shouted with a loud shout, and the noise was heard afar off. Let us pray. God, we thank you for your word. And Lord God, we ask that your word go forth tonight and minister to hearts and lives. And Lord, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. The church says amen as you're seated tonight. Again, just a real quick history on where we're at in this passage of Scripture. The first temple was built by Solomon. All the materials were assembled by David, Solomon's father, Solomon built a temple, and when he dedicated that temple, the glory of the Lord fell in such a way that the priest could not even minister in that temple. But through sin and rebellion against God, Israel finds themselves in exile. 
And in this exile, God still shows his faithfulness by giving certain men of God favor, even women of God favor, in captivity. And they are given the privilege and the right, the permit, if you will, to return to Jerusalem. And as we read in Nehemiah, rebuild the walls. And now in Ezra, we're seeing here, they're rebuilding the temple as well. You'll also find, just to to give you clarity here, Haggai and Zechariah speak specifically about this project. And what is going on is now they've laid the foundation, and this is a huge occasion. We're talking about Jerusalem was, you know, we have a church on every corner in the United States, it seems, but in, in, in their time, the temple was the symbol of their faith. It was the place that they would have to make pilgrimage to to worship God at certain times and certain feasts. So this was a massive deal to these people. And what we find is the priests prepare themselves. If you read this chapter, they make themselves ready. The, the Levites, those priests, they get, they, they get themselves prepared. Joshua, the chief priest, is leading them. And Zerubbabel is there, the governor of the province of, that Jerusalem finds itself in. And what happens is they dedicate the temple. And I want you to notice in verses number 11 and verse number 12 that the Bible says specifically, uh, if you could throw that up there real quick for me, uh, Cameron, help me out here for a second. Verse number 11, you'll find that they sang together. And you'll find at the end of this verse, all the people. Go to the next verse, if you will. But we see something that happens in verse number in verse number 12, in verse number 12, but many of the priests and the Levites and the chief of the fathers who were there, the ancient men, the old men, they had seen the first house. And when the foundation of this house was laid before their eyes, they wept. So what happens is, is you see a transition here. In verse number 11, they're all together. Everybody sang together. Everybody praised the Lord together. They, 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 they all, the Bible says they all did this. They all shouted with a great shout when, 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 when the time was right, when the time was appropriate. They did this all together, but something happened. In verse number 12 and verse number 13, a disconnect happened because what began to take place is there was two different sounds that came forth from the congregation of the people of God. That congregation, I, I just want to, to reference tonight, uh, they're symbolic of the church that we, that we are in here in America. I know we're all part of the church as a whole throughout the world, but the church here in America, because I, I, I really feel like the Lord laid this on my heart. Me and Sierra were in a discussion a few weeks ago, and we were, we were talking about church and growing up in church and, and how, how church is just seems different and, and this and that. And we started this discussion that went on for uh, quite a length of time, and the Lord began to speak to me in the 
middle, we were on a date. It's a date night for us. We're in the middle of a, of a date. And I said, hold that thought. I got to get my phone out, got my notes and started jotting some things down. She said, what are you doing? I said, Lord just gave me a message through all this. And, and the Lord really downloaded something into my spirit because what we seem to have taking place, and I'm not saying so much in, in the local church here, in our church, uh, but what we see in, in the church as a whole is you have different sounds. The church can't unite together for one common cause, which is Jesus Christ. We, we, we can't seem to come together and unite because they sound, everybody sounds a little different. Everybody's not doing it the same way. The Bible tells us that in Psalms 133 that it is good and pleasant for brethren to dwell together in unity. You'll find not only in verse 2 that they say it's like the anointing that they poured over Aaron when he was anointed the first priest of the Levites. It was like that. That unity is like anointing. Anointing breaks yokes it's powerful but it also says in verse 3 that in 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 unity there is as pastors preach to us many times a commanded blessing there's a blessing when unity takes place i want you to know that when uh, when we we are in service and we begin to see and feel the spirit of god move i want you to know that doesn't just magically happen that's just not a happenstance but what that means uh, is that there are two or three that are getting together maybe even more that are getting together spiritually you may be on, i may be on the platform you may be in the congregation uh, but something begins to happen uh, from here to there and unity begins to take place in the spirit knows that now I can move in this and I can I, I can begin to activate my power activate things and put things into motion in people's lives and we see this takes place when we're in unity but these people in our text tonight they started out in unity but all of a sudden, there are two different sounds. And not only two different sounds, they are two opposite sounds. One is a sound of the elders weeping. The other is a sound of the young people rejoicing. The sound of one generation saying, it's not like it used to be. Hear me tonight. I'm not here, I'm not here to bash on any generation, but we're going to talk about generations because we both, both generations, the old and the young alike, need to learn from one another. Hear me tonight. There's one generation weeping because it's not like it was. And the other generation is shouting and rejoicing because this is all they've ever known. This is what they've prayed for. This is what they've desired. You have one generation that is sorrowful because the glory didn't come down and, and they, 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 there was no shouting and rejoicing. There, 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 there was just these, these, these young people that were just making a shout and making a noise because they didn't know what to do. That's how, that's how they saw it in their mind is, why are you rejoicing? This is, this is not what it's supposed to be. This is not what it's supposed to sound like. This is not how it happened back in the day. Hear me tonight. I, I will tell you, you have one generation weeping and the other generation, they're, they're excited because they have a word from God. 
If you flip over to Haggai chapter 2, you'll find that God spoke to Haggai and he said, listen, the glory of the latter house shall be greater than that of the former. And here they are. They're, they're saying, oh, we're expecting. We believe God's going to do other great things. And then you have another generation that's saying, this isn't it. This isn't the glory. I know what the glory looks like. I know what it tastes like. I, 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 I've experienced uh, that glory that, that your fathers have talked about. I, I know about it. I, I've experienced it. You have one generation weeping because they're not experiencing what they used to and the other generation rejoicing because this is the only thing they've experienced. Hear me tonight. Hear me tonight. I want to make it as plain as I can. In the American church, what we have is we have the elders saying, listen, there's, I, 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 love, I love the elders. I, I, I remember the Lord a few months ago. I, we were here. We were praying. And I, I just I felt quickened in my spirit. And I, I called Sierra up and I said, listen, I have, I have to go see my grandmother. I have, I have to go talk to her. She's my only grandparent left. And I went to her in the, in the middle of the night. She was, she was getting ready for bed. And I just knocked on the door. And well, I rang the doorbell. We have this secret little code that you ring the doorbell. And she knows it's, it's something one that she knows and and so she's not scared and 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 we got there and and I got into the room and I she said what are you doing here it's late it's late for you to be out this way you know it was a 45 minute drive and and I said listen mama I, I I just want you to pray for me I want you to pray for me. I, I want to see the things that you've seen. Because she, she can sit and tell you, and my other grandparents could sit and tell you about all the miraculous things that they saw God do and how people would move under the unction of the Holy Ghost and shout and run pews. And, and you say, oh, that sounds crazy. Listen, that's what it was. They were so exuberant, so excited for what God was doing in their lives. And I know some may have abused that fact, but there were so many that did it in genuine uh, and a genuine move of the Holy Spirit. Uh, but what we have now is we have a, a generation saying, uh, listen, uh, they, they don't do it like they used to do. A church ain't like it used to be. Uh, and, and you may say, well, I shouted out my bobby pins when the, the Holy Ghost moved upon me. But now yeah, now these young people just jump, jump up and down. And I don't understand that. And I like the red back hymnal. And, and they like worship music. And I just don't understand that. And, and they look different. Uh, we dressed up for church uh, and, and they like to dress casual for church and, and we, what we have is we have two generations uh, one's trying to figure out hey God's given us a word uh, we know that something's supposed to happen uh, but the other generation saying listen this ain't it. Uh, God, God, God can do greater. Uh, God can do more. And what we find in the church is there's two different sounds. A sound of weeping Longing, if you will, for the good old days. And then a generation that doesn't know what the good old days look like. Never experienced it. Haven't been raised in church like many of us old saints have. I'm not old yet, but I'm getting there. Haven't experienced it and, 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 and they're so different to, to, to what we know and what we're used to. Hear me tonight. I'm, I'm not condemning anybody because here's what I want you to know is that young people 
You, you, you're searching for a move of God. You're praying for a move of God. I want you to know that you need to find an elder that, will, that, that you will allow to pour into your life and show you and teach you. This is what it takes, honey. This is what it takes. I'm thankful for my parents. But I'll tell you, some of the best advice I've ever been given was from my grandparents. Some of the best prayer advice I've ever been given is from my grandmother. And she would sit there and she'd say, honey, listen to me. This is how we got a hold of God. We would show up at 5 o'clock. The men would go into one room on Sunday night. Then the women would go into another room. And we would pray for an hour before service ever started. She would say, oh, and then sometimes service wouldn't even start that the prayer room that the people locked up in the prayer room they would just spill out of the prayer room and they would all come to the altar and the whole service would be nothing but them praying praising and rejoicing unto God and I want you to know as a young person looking for the glory of God I need to go to that elder and say listen I honor you I respect you I believe in what you believe in I need to hear the sound of what it used to be But hear me, elders, we have to accept the fact. And listen, I'll be very transparent with you because of how I was raised and how I've seen God move. I'm I'm very, very old-fashioned. I know it don't seem that way, but I can be very old-fashioned. I'll be as transparent to say, me and and Sarah's talking about it. It's like, listen, I could could shape my face and, and, and be in a holiness church and be fine with that. I could. But hear me tonight. People do it different, Justin. These young people now, it ain't like it used to be. And what what we've betrayed it as. And listen, I hear it in the professional workforce. I I hear it in the church. Well, I just don't know about these young people. I just don't know about them. I don't just know about them. Well, the problem is, is we don't know about them because we as elders don't want to get to know them. Hear me. Hear me tonight. It's because we, we, what we've done is we, said, we, we sit down and we say, listen, it's not like it used to be. It's not like it used to be. Well, they need to know how it was and they need to know how to get a hold of it. Uh, so therefore, you're going to have to put yourself out there uh, and find you a lady. You're going to have to find you a young lady to pour into. Uh, Father, you're going to have to find a young man to pour into. And say, we saw God move and this is how it was accomplished. This is what we saw. This is what we experienced. This is what we know. This is the glory. But hear me tonight. What what, what has got to cease in the church is there's got to be a ceasing of two different sounds. Listen, I love the red back hymnal. I love worship. I like southern gospel. But I like worship. There's nothing wrong. As long as it glorifies God. I know there's some stuff out there that don't really glorify God right now. And I understand that. We need to be careful what we listen to. But, but we have to understand that what has happened in the church is we're operating on two different sounds. Acts chapter 10. And I'm going to read this to you and you're going to say, how, how does this tie in? And I'm, I'm going to show you. Because I'm a nice guy and I'm going to show you tonight. Acts chapter 10. Verse 44, Peter is at a man named Cornelius' house. Cornelius is a centurion in the Roman military. That means he is in charge 
of a hundred men, at least a hundred men, maybe more. He is a man that we read of in the first portion of this chapter. He is a man of power and authority. He is a man that has servants that, that call on him, that help him. He has multiple armor bearers, if you will. He has servants for his home, for his family, and he has servants for specifically his military needs. He is a man of stature. But he's also a man that has fallen in love with the God of the Jews. Just to frame it that way, that's how, that's how Luke writes it in Acts chapter 10. He is a man that realizes that the God of the Jews is a real God. He's the one true God. And he begins to pray to that God. And God begins to reveal himself to him in the form of an angel. The angel tells Cornelius, listen, you need to go down and you need to send somebody down to Joppa. You need to go to Simon the Tanner's house and look for a man by the name of Simon. But he goes by Peter. Find him, bring him to your house. And, 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 and through all this, what happens is he sends his servants. And then Peter is on the rooftop of Simon's house. And he, the Bible says they're preparing for a meal. And listen, what begins to happen is he has a vision. And I tell you, sometimes when I, I'm hungry, I visualize things. But, but not like this. Uh, and, and what happens is the Bible says he was literally taken in a trance. Uh, and God begins to offer him food that he would not normally, normally meet uh, or eat uh, because uh, he's, he's Jewish. Uh, and God says, listen, uh, you, you, you can't call what you're calling unclean. I have called clean. Uh, we, we're living in a different time. We're living in a different season. And, and he's saying, listen, I, I'm telling you that there's things that you thought were off limits that are now becoming part of uh, what we do. And he's specifically talking about souls. Peter doesn't realize this at the time until Cornelius' servants show up uh, at Simon the Tanner's house and ask for him. Peter and some of his companions go with them to Cornelius' house. And this is where we find them. I know that's a lot of backstory. Verse 44, while Peter yet spake these words, all he did was preach to them about Jesus. He came in and he said, listen, you know it's unlawful for a Jew to be in a Roman's house. This ain't supposed to happen. I ain't supposed to be here. I'm not supposed to be ministering to you. He says, but I, I sense that the Lord is doing something and showing me something and telling me something. And he says, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell upon all them which heard the word. Just to let you know, Cornelius and his entire family are listening to Peter preach about Jesus. And the Holy Ghost fell upon all them which heard the word. And, and they of the circumcision which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter. So the Jews that came with Peter, that's all that's saying. Because of the Gentiles, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. And Peter then answered Peter, can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord, and then prayed they him to tarry certain days. You say, what does this have to do with our original passage in Ezra chapter 3? We're talking about two different sounds, but I want to preach to you tonight on the same sound and the same spirit. The same sound and the same spirit. You say, okay, 
You're going to have to do some explaining. Again, Peter was not supposed to be in Cornelius' house. Why? Because they were not of the same ethnicity. They were not of the same tribe. They were not of the same people. It was unlawful for him to be there. Listen, Cornelius didn't look like Peter, wasn't raised like Peter, didn't act like Peter, did things different than Peter did. And he had to, he, he, he's there and he, he's like, I'm just sensing God is wanting to do something. I, this is uncomfortable for me. It's almost like you can tell in the passage of scripture that he, Peter was almost uncomfortable being there. Like he knew, he knew that, that God was doing something, but at the same time, his tradition was trying to tell him, man, you shouldn't be here. This is a little weird. This is a little unkosher. This, this is not something that you should be doing. And you say, what does this have to do with this? Because listen to me. Listen to me. I know that Cornel the Bible doesn't tell us how old Peter was, how old Cornelius was, but I, I, I'm here talking about generations. But what I want you to understand is that we have to get this in our minds. That listen, elders, we have to understand that these young people ain't going to look like us, ain't going to act like us. Many of them ain't been raised like us. Uh, they haven't been in, in services like we have. Uh, they might not know uh, about the full movings of the Holy Spirit. Uh, they might not have experienced uh, some of the things that they experienced. Uh, but here's what I know in this passage of Scripture. Uh, Peter may have been uncomfortable, uh, but he obeyed the Lord. Uh, and he stepped into that house uh, and he began to preach Jesus. Uh, and then what began to happen uh, is the Holy Spirit began to fall on them. Uh, Fall on those ones that didn't look like them, didn't act like them, didn't know the God that they knew, didn't know about Jesus. They didn't know everything that there was, didn't even know about the Holy Ghost. He wasn't telling them about the Holy Ghost. He was just preaching Jesus to them. Then all of a sudden there came a sound. There came a sound in that room. And the, those that were traveled with Peter began to look at one another and say, we know what that sound is. That is a sound that we know. It is the same sound that we had on the day of Pentecost. That is the same sound we had in Acts chapter 4. That is the sound of the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says that they knew it was the Holy Ghost because they spoke with other tongues. And they looked at one another and said, you know what? This is not only the same sound, but it is the same spirit. I want you to hear me tonight. Listen, elders, we, we may have been raised a little different. Uh, listen, young people, uh, you may be a little different, uh, but I want you to hear me tonight. Uh, there is a spirit, uh, and his name is the Holy Ghost, uh, and he has the same sound uh, that your grandmother had, uh, that your grandfather had if you were raised in church, uh, and if you weren't raised in church, uh, there is a sound, uh, there is a spirit uh, that is the same sound uh, and the same spirit uh, that God gave us 2,000 years ago uh, when he sent the Holy Ghost. I want you to hear me tonight. Instead of making two sounds, one about how good it was and one about how good it's going to be, let's make one sound. That is the sound of the Holy Ghost and fire. Why? Because if it's the same sound, it is the same spirit. We have to become united again. 
If we want to see these things uh, fall off of our children, uh, fall off of our communities, uh, I li- uh, listen to me tonight. Uh, if you're not filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, uh, you desperately need to seek for it. Uh, why? Uh, because when you don't know what to pray, uh, the Bible tells us uh, that the Spirit begins to make intercession uh, on your behalf. Uh, when you hear someone speaking in an unknown language, uh, what they're doing uh, is they're saying, I don't know what to pray, uh, but the Holy Ghost is rising up in me and he's beginning to speak on my behalf. He knows what I have need of. He knows what I need to petition the throne about. He knows what my family needs. He knows what my city needs. He knows what my marriage needs. He knows what my finances need. Hear me tonight. We need to unite under the one sound and under the one spirit and that is the Holy Ghost. If you stand with me across this house I ain't going to preach any longer. Notice with me. Again, in Ezra chapter 3 and verse 11. They all sang praises together. They all sang praises together. They all said, God is good. Listen, let me put it, let me, let me just put it to you this way. Didn't matter what the, the choir sung, an old song and a new song. They sang it. They sang it together. Just like we do Sunday mornings, Wednesday nights. We all try to sing along and worship. We have one sound. And it's beautiful, it's great, it's powerful. But what begins to happen, and, and I know, I, I, don't, I don't know why the Lord has just impressed me so heavily over the last few months. I, I've really, I've always had a heart for young people, but I've really had a burden for parents. And I've, I have a burden to get a hold of the glory of God. Like, like my grandmother tells me about. I, I just, it just over and over and over. We preached a few weeks ago about restoring the joy that our children need to see us have freedom again. And I don't know what, what has crept into the church to say that we can't, we can't have freedom. I, I, don't know what that, I don't know what that is. And people, people say, I, I don't want to be emotional. Listen, listen, I understand. You don't want to be emotional. You don't want to be disruptive. But the Holy Spirit is urging you to do something. You better do it. Why? Because your children need to see you be obedient. How do you expect them to obey the voice of God if you won't? Hear me tonight. How, how do you expect them to seek after the Holy Ghost if you don't, you, you don't seek after the Holy Ghost? Or if you're filled with the Holy Ghost, they never hear you pray in the Holy Ghost. Because I want you to know there's a world out there. There's a world out there. That's given them temporary happiness. Not joy, it's just happiness. The Bible says that sin, it was great. It's great for a season. But then you realize that you're broke, busted, and disgusted. And that you're weighed down from the head down and you're messed up from the chest up. And you realize, wow, 
I've dug a hole for myself. Listen, hear me tonight. The church needs to unite. One sound. One sound. One spirit. I'm done with this. I can remember something that just stands out to me. Even to this day, I remember. But Justin, I remember praying with my mom's parents, my mamma, Papa Noble, Beecher and Delamay. They were the first people in their families to get saved. My papa and two of his younger brothers married my grandma and two of her younger sisters. Three, three noble boys married three Isaac girls. We had double first cousins. But they, they, would lead, they would lead their family, their brothers and sisters to the Lord. It's amazing, the patriarchs. My, my, my papa Ernie, my mamma Carol, my mamma Carol's my only grandparent. What I find so unique about them, Brother Justin, is that when I'm praying for them, you know, they're the ones hurting. My, my grandmother right now is dealing with, with problems in her body. And you know what, TJ, I pray for her. And I'll go over there and I'll lay hands on her and I'll pray for her. And she's the one hurt and afflicted. She's the one going through it. But Marcella, what begins to happen is she lays her hands on me. Every one of my grandparents. When I'm praying for them because they're the ones going through it. I mean, you, we deal with life, but they're the ones just just wrecked in pain. And I'm sitting here praying for God to heal them and they're praying for me. And as they would begin to pray, you feel that Holy Spirit rise up in them. And before you know it, I would hear a sound. And it wasn't just coming out of my mouth, but it was coming out of theirs. And before I knew it, there was the same sound and the same Spirit church, we, we need to seek for the baptism. We need to tell our children about the baptism and we need to be free. We don't need any confusion. The Bible says in Ezra 3, they could not discern from the weeping or the shouting. I want you to know there's a world out there that doesn't know what the church really is all about. All they know is that we serve a man named Jesus and we can't get along. That's all they know. What they need to hear is one sound. The sound that came on the day of Pentecost, the sound that came in Cornelius' house. Again, Peter was raised different. He was raised proper. He was raised right. And here you have a man that was raised with all these other gods, raised in a, a, a promiscuous society that believed in homosexuality and sexual promiscuity, believed in all these things. And all he knew is he, he, wanted, he wanted everything that the God of the Jews had to offer. He didn't look like them, smell like them. He didn't eat the same food. That's why Peter had the vision. And he says this, I realize that God is no respecter of persons. That if he'll do it for me, he'll do it for you. That's what we have to realize in these generations. Elders, we've experienced some great things. But what he's done for me, he can do for them. One sound, 
one spirit. The same sound, the same spirit. I'm going to call us to a place of prayer tonight. And I, I just want you to pray. I want you to pray. If you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I want you to pray. God, I want to receive the gift of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. God, I want all that you have for me. I, I receive everything that you have for me. And if you're filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I want you to pray. And I want you to pray for your children to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I want you to pray for the fire of God to fall in this church, amongst these people, in this community, in churches in this community. And let this world hear one sound and one spirit. Same sound, same spirit. Let us look around and say, you know what? That's the same sound. That's the same spirit. Hey everyone, uh, Cameron here from PTC Ministries. I'm so glad that you could join us today uh, for the message here. Uh, I hope the message touched you uh, in a personal way and that you could take that and mold that and move it and let it move you in your life. And as you can continue your walk with Christ, continue your walk with us as well. Follow us, uh, click in the link below in the description there. Follow us on all of our social media platforms. And don't forget to uh, like and subscribe. Uh, I feel like a YouTuber here, but don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel to uh, stay connected with us. Um, and thank you for joining us.